You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And speaking of why and how and all kinds of important questions, we're going to spend today talking about this report that is out there from Mike Silver about potential tension in the locker room, not not really locker room tension per se, but just this push-pull, as as it is phrased, between Rodgers and Matt Lafleur. We're gonna we're gonna break this down in a couple different ways. We're gonna start with the problem itself, such that it it potentially exists, and if it if it if there is this issue, why it could have deleterious effects on the team and the offense and all those things. We're going to break down whether or not it's actually a problem. And then at the at the end, I want to explain a problem I have with how all of this has been phrased, that it doesn't make this conversation moot, really, but I think it really undercuts any questions about whether or not this problem actually exists in Green Bay, because if something isn't actually a problem, not that there's not a problem, but that the thing that is being explained isn't actually a problem to begin with, then we have to look at this whole conversation differently. So let's start with the piece from Mike Silver because he has Aaron Rodgers' ear. And those guys have a good relationship. For a long time, it might still be. Mike Silver's Twitter background was him coming up to Rodgers after the fail Mary. They're both Cal guys. Uh, you know, there there is a relationship here. and And... I want to start with this quote because it was put out before the the story actually dropped and started generating some headlines. Rogers in the piece says, and and this was a quote that was put out there, I don't think you want to ask me to turn off 11 years. We have a number of check with me's and line of scrimmage stuff. It's just the other stuff that really not many people in this league do. That's not a humble brag or anything. That's just a fact. And I think this was put out there like as if to say, Coach LaFleur is asking me to turn it off. And if that is the case, then, you know, I understand why Rodgers would be frustrated. We're going to get to that part of it in a second. I want to speak first about why this could be a problem, This, this failure of communication, if there is one. And let me say it at the outset, I am extremely dubious that there is one. But back to this issue, because this is something worth talking about if there is a problem. Go back to the discussions, and and it is not just the Bleacher Report piece. There was the Sports Illustrated piece that laid out the tension, 
the inherent tension between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of it had to do with play calling and play design and offensive mindset and all of these things. And if Mike McCarthy is not calling good plays and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have faith in the plays once they're called, it makes sense that he's at the line of scrimmage trying to change them, trying to get the team into the perfect play because that is the point of these audibles. I don't believe that at any point Aaron Rodgers made an audible just to stick it to Mike McCarthy. You're not out on the field thinking that way. Now, it might be in the back of your mind that he's not going to like it, but Aaron Rodgers has enough pride that he wants to make the best play. Now, he might he might make a call to spite Mike McCarthy a little bit to say, hey, look, watch this. But it wasn't done to sabotage the team, for sure. He wants to win. He wants to succeed. But those tensions created a problem in the offensive execution, not just from Aaron Rodgers' standpoint, but from Mike McCarthy's standpoint. Because if you're constantly changing plays at the line, then there's no flow for the play caller. And you can't set things up. Because a lot of what offense is, is you run play A so you can run play B. And then you have play C that is predicated on how they defended plays A and plays B. And then you that's that's what an offense is. And so when you're Matt LaFleur, and Rodgers, by the way, says this all in the piece and gives a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur in the offense and all the pre-stat motion and all of the built-in stuff, all the stuff that's to make Rodgers' life easier. It makes it difficult to audible out of those plays, specifically just mechanically, it makes it difficult. The mechanics of the play make it difficult because there's so many other moving pieces. With Mike McCarthy's offense, you lined up in 11 personnel, three receivers, a tight end, and that was what you did every time. And whether it was under center or in shotgun, the guys were in the same spots. They didn't really move before the snap. And with 10 seconds left on the play clock, Rodgers could say, run this route instead of this one. Well, the point of this offense is that there is so much more than just route concepts. It's about testing defense's eye discipline with motion and testing their intelligence with making one play look the same but have it be different. There is all of this stuff built into the offense that if you're changing it, then it it can have these negative effects that build. And I think there is this inherent tension. If you're a coach... Would you rather a quarterback who gets into the perfect play or tries to get into the perfect play, a play that, you know, in all likelihood, if it's a past 65% chance of, of working, and if it's a deep throw, that, that number comes much further down? Or do you want them to run the play because it sets up something a little bit later? And this was, a, this was an important quote from the story from Matt LaFleur, and it explains a little bit about and adds color to this question. He said, we pride ourselves on having concepts that have answers for whatever. Now, it might not always be the best answer, but you have an answer. And when there are plays that are called that are maybe not a very good answer, we typically call two plays and we run one or the other based upon the look that the defense is giving us. The quarterback chooses And there are criteria. We try to teach him the criteria for why we want this play over the other play. This is essential. It might not be the best play, but it is a better play. 
And so this is this is the tension of having the quarterback. And I don't mean tension in terms of like attitude. I just mean the inherent, um, you know, this is this is I hate to use the phrase again, push pull, because it's not the same as the way that it is being phrased in the story. This is what happens when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback who has seen every defense and knows every coverage and knows every disguise and and knows his players and knows his limitations and knows his strengths and can line up at the snap and go, we have the perfect call for this. And having an offense that is predicated on building and deception and pre-snap motion and personnel groupings and all of these things. So how much do you change is a good answer within the structure and flow of the offense that allows for later setup calls and allows for a continuity, whether it's Matt LaFleur's play calling or the offensive game plan or whatever, or Aaron Rodgers getting into the perfect play. I think it I think reasonable people can disagree on on what's better and and maybe even that there isn't an answer. Do we even need to answer this question? I think this is the heart of the issue. Has this actually led to any real problems in the locker room? Has this led to growing pains between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur? Well, we're gonna talk about that right after this. And before we get to that, I want to remind you that the Locked On NBA Mock Draft is underway. There's local experts in every draft room. Jeremy Wu of SI.com with the player breakdowns and Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball with the fantasy breakdown. All of it on Locked On NBA. All right, so, so we have the story that lays out you know, this issue. We have to define what that issue is and why it's a problem. So I think we did that. If you have a quarterback and a play caller not on the same page about freedom, it can it can lead to problems and, and it can lead to resentment. If Aaron Rodgers is not being allowed to do what he thinks he should be allowed to do, it can lead to resentment the same way it did with Mike McCarthy, only in this case that resentment is flipped. It's not that the offense is bad. It's that Rodgers is not going to be able to do everything he used to be able to do. Now, the question is, is this actually manifesting in negative ways in the locker room? And I think we have to go back to a quote that precedes this piece by Mike Silver in MMQB. LaFleur told Albert Breer, it totally comes with time. You got a guy with that much experience that can see things. If he can get us into the perfect play, why wouldn't we give him that freedom? The biggest thing I'm hoping to do that we do a good enough job as a staff that he doesn't have to do that in terms of the play calls and setting us up and being in the right looks. That's the goal to take that off him because I just want him to go play. But certainly if there's a play that's not going to be good, yeah, save us. That'd be great. That does not sound like a coach who is struggling with his quarterback over what is being called at the line of scrimmage. I think the more telling interactions in this piece come from Rodgers and Matt LaFleur dealing with each other personally and and you know understanding the humor, you know Aaron Rodgers has a very dry sense of humor. Matt LaFleur is is a little bit more down the middle kind of guy and so he just doesn't doesn't always get it. And so they're they're still working on just communicating that that normal way, creating that rapport. You know, I, I don't think there's any reason for concern at this point, but that that is an interesting part of this story. That's to me, 
And, and I'm going to get on this in a little bit. But to me, that is the more interesting part of this story. And, and I just, I don't really, you know, there was a play in uh, that, that this has been picked up a lot. That Aaron Rodgers, second reaction play in the red zone, Jimmy Graham, touchdown. And Matt LaFleur said, he had a quote afterwards saying, you know, that, that wasn't the play that I called. Now, it wasn't, that wasn't a, a knock. He was saying, yeah, that was great. It was a great throw and catch. It's, that was not how the play was designed to go. Again, it was not, I did not at least interpret it as a knock. And it has been taken, I, I think, out of context and framed as, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers not listening to his coach, not running the plays that are called. I just don't see it that way. And I don't think it is that way. Could it become that way? Sure. Did it become that way a little bit with Mike McCarthy? Absolutely. I mean, anyone denying that at that point is just not paying attention. That happened. As I said and have been saying all offseason, you have to prove if you're Matt LaFleur to Aaron Rodgers, this offense works or he's going to go to the line of scrimmage and change the play because he thinks the play is better. You know, Carmelo Anthony takes a lot of shots, not because I think he's inherently selfish, but because I think he thinks that the best chance that his team has of scoring on a given play is him shooting. And for a long time in his career, he was right. And Aaron Rodgers, for a long time in his career, the best thing that this team could do is have him go be Rodgers and be crazy. Well, last year, he desperately needed his offense to pick him up. He desperately needed an offensive scheme because he couldn't move. He couldn't do the things that he needs to do. He couldn't be the virtuoso talent that he is because he was hurt. He needed an offense to lighten his load. That's what this offense is designed to do. But I think I believe him when he says, as he did in this piece, I won't call checks just to call checks. Look, you know the offense is great and you scheme people up and have formations and motions and it should be fantastic. But if we need a little something, it's because we need it. Any check I've ever made is about getting us in a best place scenario. So when it comes to that, if we need it, I'm sure he'll be happy when it looks the right way. This is Rodgers just saying, look, if, if the offense is working, if everything's great, I'm good. But if I think there's an opportunity for us to hit a big play on something... I'm going to take it. And maybe he is going to push the limits early on. Maybe he is going to see how far he can push this coach. But that was why I made it so essential for Matt LaFleur that Rodgers see this offense work early. And it seems like he is genuinely very excited. There's a ton of quotes in this story. I'm not even going to, there's too many for me to even read about how excited he is and how cool he thinks the offense looks. And how he knows it works because he's seen it work. You know, the the Packers saw Matt Ryan win the MVP. They've seen Kyle Shanahan. They saw last year against a vastly inferior talent-wise San Francisco 49er team at home. They had to go basically down to the wire to beat that team. And they saw, you know, a, a team without a lot of skill talent hang a bunch of points on this defense. Now, that was, that was not a tall task last year, but they see that it works. 
So what incentive does Rodgers have to go off script again and again and again? And in fact, that Jimmy Graham play is emblematic of exactly how you want Rodgers to go off script. You want him on third down and in the red zone to be Aaron Rodgers' playmaker, Aaron Rodgers' backyard hero, Aaron Rodgers' the gunslinger, Aaron Rodgers' the improv extraordinaire. Because the field tightens and the stakes are higher. And you want a play that works. And if that first or second look doesn't come open, you got to have answers. And and it's not about audibles necessarily. I think this is more about playing off script and doing some of the second reaction stuff that that you know fans and even some media members, some analysts, some pundits have had a problem with. But the thing you want is you want Aaron Rodgers buying into the offense as a whole. You want him buying in in a macro sense. This is the scheme he buys in. You also want him to do the things at the line of scrimmage that he's so good at. And and maybe most of the time you want, you know, maybe 80% of the time you want him calling one of the two plays because of the importance we talked about in the in the first segment. You need that offensive flow in this offense especially. That continuity is so important because everything builds on something before it. And you could be giving up a touchdown by audibling to get a first down. Call the play, and maybe it means take your punt. Take your medicine if you have to. But if you don't, you know, if you're, this is the other thing. If you're Aaron Rodgers, and by the way, he is. Let's say you get into the less bad or, or good but not great play call. If you're Aaron Rodgers, just go do the Aaron Rodgers thing. Stay in the play. If it works, great. And if it doesn't, go make a play. You can still go do that thing that you do so well. Nothing is stopping you from doing that. So I, I think, again, there are, there are reasons to understand why people are concerned about this. We don't have any evidence right now. Any evidence right now. Other than maybe like the vaguest dot connecting of like, well, Mike Silver wrote the piece. And he put out the tweet. And maybe he has stuff off the record that we don't know about that Rodgers is frustrated about this. But he didn't intimate that in the piece. He didn't really imply it anywhere. Now, the framing I have a problem with. And we're going to talk about the framing in just a second. Just a reminder, when you're driving to work or from work or around town or to see your boothang, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play Locked on Packers. And we will be right there with you for that drive. So here's here's where I, I sort of take the last 20 minutes and say, did we really need to talk about that? Uh, and, and the answer, by the way, is yes, we did. Because it is important to have all this information. It is important to talk about why this, this could be a potential problem, what's at stake, and to, to suss out if it really is a, a problem for the Packers. Right now, it isn't. Here is where I have a major issue. Now I have the problem, okay? When a quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and changes the play, or he drops back one read, two read, three read, now I'm going to scramble and extend the play. That is not the same as saying he didn't run the play that was called. Because when you have the freedom to go to the line of scrimmage and change plays, as 
Aaron Rodgers has and had for a long time. I mean, that this was we're, we are still adjudicating all the reporting around did this receiver run the right route on this play? Did Aaron change the play? What was the adjustment? And, and what is the truth on that? We don't need to, to rehash any of that. But a quarterback doing what he is allowed to do, and a quarterback in this case doing what has in part made him a great player for so long, that is a feature, not a bug. Again, the Matt LaFleur quote, just, I, I don't know if it's taken out of context or just, I think, misinterpreted really, because the context is all there. It's just been misinterpreted. Yeah, it wasn't the, the play call. He, he, he was joking. It wasn't the play call, that's for sure. That's not how the play is supposed to look. He was marveling at the greatness of Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham. It was an incredible throw. It was a tremendous catch. That was what he was saying. Aaron Rodgers saying you don't want to, you know, unlearn 11 years. Yeah, I think part of that is is maybe a little bit of lobbying in the media. Hey, you know, like, let's just all remember I'm Aaron Rodgers around here. And there are going to be times when, you know, the, the kill, 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 it's, it's not going to be ideal. I'm going to know what play to get us in that, that works better. But you have to trust Rodgers is smart enough to understand, especially if the play is not coming in ASAP. And that's a whole other issue that we're going to have to discuss at some point because that was a problem at times for the Packers. Play not coming in in time, and they were, they were getting down at the end of the play clock, and you have to snap the ball. It becomes tough. You know, to to catch anyone off guard when the pass rushers know you have to have the ball snapped before that one turns into a zero. Pretty easy to get a pretty great jump. And that did lead to some sacks last year because they were just not able to get everyone set. Part of this is you have to retrain Rodgers to say, I need to get into the better play, even if it's not the best play. And that is that that's that's true. But him not wanting to do that all the time, him wanting to continue to have the freedom at the line of scrimmage because he knows he's great at it. That is not him saying, the coach is not letting me do something I want to do. And it's not him saying, I'm frustrated with the coach. And it's not the coach saying, you can't do it. There is no evidence anywhere in any quote that either of these two guys has given, explicit or implicit, that suggests they're not on the same page with this. Now, Matt LaFleur is openly asking in in some of these quotes, but isn't that what you want? He's saying, look, this is what the offense looks like, and this is what it's been, but we never had Aaron Rodgers before. So how do we find that happy medium? Where do we find that? He's asking that question. Just the fact that he's asking that question and seems to inherently understand the importance of that question leads me to believe that there is not any sort of tension between quarterback and head coach because clearly he is thinking, look, this is the way we've done it. How can we do it better with Rodgers? How do we tap into what he's doing and make it part of everything that we do in this offense? That is is a question Matt LaFleur has to be asking. He is asking it openly, publicly. So unless and until Rodgers throws him under the bus for late game play calling like Rodgers did to McCarthy in the Bills game, this is like the definition of a nothing burger. This is, this is what we talk about in mid-June because there's nothing else to write about. Hey, how's it going with, uh, with new coach? Well, you know, I, I'd really like to change the plays more. He didn't say that. He has clearly had conversations with Matt LaFleur about it. And Matt LaFleur is still clearly trying to work through it and figure it out. This is a learning process. 
It doesn't, but there's no indication anyone is unhappy with the process. Now we'll see how things go when not everything is, is, you know, number one, June, but number two, good. Things are good right now. Practice is good. Getting everyone on the same page is good. It's going to look really good. What happens when you start losing games? What happens when the offense doesn't click and Rodgers blames it on the fact that he can't do more at the line of scrimmage? So much of this is wait and see. We don't know the answers there. And I feel like we've had way too many stories out there, way too many narratives, way too many fan-driven discussions, all of these things about, well, you know, it's fine now, but it could go wrong. We talked about this with the front office structure thing. There's just, we don't have any evidence of actual problems yet. And yet they're being treated as though they're problems because they could become problems. I mean, it's like, it's like saying, oh, well, you know, this, this medicine that I'm taking could have all of these side effects, but I'm, I'm actually not having any right now. It's like, okay, it's good to understand, I guess, the risk, but no side effects. Okay, great, cool. And I feel like that's where we are with this Packers team. Everyone wants to know how everything is going with Rodgers and LaFleur. By all accounts, it's going well. It's a work in progress. It's not going to be perfect right away. No one should expect it to be. So, again, unless and until there are issues and we and we see those issues manifest themselves, we just don't have reason to believe there are issues. All right, we're going to get to more Locked on Packers the rest of the week. I'm working on getting the Kadar Holman rookie orientation scheduled, so uh, hopefully I can bring that to you ASAP. Some more interviews coming. I, I still have that Indomitian Sue interview, Darius Slay who is effusive in praising Devontae Adams. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to get to as well. Like I said, uh, there's always going to be stuff to talk about, and there has been consistently. So the, the the Green Bay Packers have been one of the most interesting franchises in the NFL over the last six months. I don't expect that to change anytime soon. And it, it, hopefully it changes in a way that is like the stories change. So that they continue to be interesting, but they're really good. And we could talk about that rather than either actual dysfunction or potential dysfunction or the chance that that dysfunction could crop up in the future because of things that we don't know are happening. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore, guys. Uh, so I just, I'll stop saying things. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. We're going to do your questions tomorrow. Hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>